0: Amid the conventional heteronormativity, there are several gender expressions that we ignorantly fail to recognize. One of them is gender fluidity. Gender fluidity in simple terms means that a person's gender changes over time. It can also be defined as the way people feel outside the binary gender structure. Hello and welcome to the BL Podcast. This is Nabodita Ganguly. Today, I'll be delving into what gender fluidity is, how important pronouns are for a person and how it is to live as a gender fluid person in India. Swati Bhag Chandani, clinical psychologist says, and I quote, The fact that while growing up, the child may or may not relate to the gender assigned to them and may keep evolving through the way they wish to express themselves in beyond the assigned gender norms like dressing up, the way they appear, or talking for that matter. Or identify themselves beyond that assigned gender is what is known as gender fluidity. I am a heterosexual woman, so people will automatically confine my pronouns to she and her. However, pronouns in itself are very vast. According to Swati, and I quote, Using correct pronouns is as important as calling a person with their correct name. Our sense of gender is attached to our sense of self. Using the wrong pronoun looms a sense of nothingness and invisibility for a person. Adam, a gender fluid person, talks to business line about the importance of pronouns.
1: First of all, there is a uh, there is a misconception about the pronouns that people consider it's a gender pronounce mm. okay. Let's take an example if you're a female, then your pronouns must be or should be she, her. If I were to be a male, which I'm not, uh, my pronouns would be uh my, my pronouns would be he slash him. So uh, firstly it's a preface pronounce that how the person want to address themselves or how the person wants next person to address themselves. Okay. Secondly, uh, when we talk about the pronouns, it actually comes that where you feel you for it. Okay. Take an example of me that uh, I so I have a I have I use three pronouns in me. It's she, they, and L- LK. Okay, LK is my new pronouns. Okay. The concept of neo is basically a pronounce which you yourself discover or which you want other people to call you, which doesn't fall under the binary of the pronouns again. Okay. So like I have LK pronouns, she, they slash LK. Okay. So I use it because I feel euphoric in that. If somebody calls me he, him, it reminds me of the trauma that I went through my childhood. Okay. Mm. Uh, it for other people, it could be that uh, they like that. That's all. They feel respected in that
0: way. With heterosexuality as the constant norm, how does it feel to be a gender-fluid person in India? Aisha, a gender-fluid person who goes by the pronouns she, her, says that her near and dear ones do not know about her gender fluidity. While Aisha did try talking to her wife about it, it didn't work out. Aisha says, and I quote, Rarely you will find someone who is ready to accept you, unquote. The struggle is everywhere. For something as basic as buying clothes, Aisha struggles to go to the mall and do the same. Aisha's masculine voice with a woman's attire makes her prone to criticisms. Aisha says, and I quote again, People tend to look at you as a sex object. They really don't care about your feelings. People think that maybe I dress up to satisfy my sexual urges. Unquote. Adam also speaks about his hardships as a gender fluid person in India.
1: Uh, I think I found my community on Clubhouse where I was able to find other trans people, other queer people. uh, Uh... the, the, the Dalit people from the marginalized caste or the Adivasi people who was able to relate the trauma with me. And, uh, trust me, it's been a one year, it's been hardly one or two years since I am, uh, I have found my people. Otherwise I was, I was in depression two years back. I, uh, I don't know. I was questioning myself, why am I existing? I was at a sport where I wanted to commit suicide. Uh, but since I found my community, they gave me a reason to exist. Uh, they gave me support. They gave me uh, therapies. Imagine a person coming from a village background where there is no technology, where there is no internet. Uh, I somehow uh, thank all of them that uh, they they pushed me or they put forward me in front of the technology or the people that now, even if I have a job, I'm I'm sitting right now, and even though I'm speaking fluent English, that is because of those people. Because uh, when you live in a village, specifically in Haryana, you cannot grow as a queer person. Your family will not accept you in any way. However, what you do that you can educate them You can make them online things, but for how long? Uh, In in one day they'll ask you to marry. In one day they'll. What if they caught you somewhere where you are uh, trying to assert your coyness in some places? What if they caught me dancing in a bar? Or what if they caught me uh, wearing a female attire or maybe wearing a very feminine attire? How will I go for it? So it's not good with my family.
0: The conversation about gender fluidity should begin at home and in educational institutions. Swati says, and I quote, In order to make people understand the idea of gender fluidity, start by asking them what gender norms have they outgrown for themselves in their lives or they wish they could. That gives a start to the conversations with no attack. Unquote. Adam also speaks about the importance of awareness about gender fluidity.
1: Gender fluidity is something which people cannot think of because there are certain stages which people need to reach and then they need to come to gender fluidity. Okay, Uh, Before understanding what is gender fluidity, we need to educate them what is gender. We need to make sure that how you can respect a person from a gender minority. First, I believe that women should get equality and in terms of equality, I don't think so it is getting, when you will able to find equality for women, then you can think of the other marginalized community like gender to 13. Mm. So it's not possible without the other factors lying above. Okay. Mm. So uh, it's a step by step process. And I don't think so in this country, we have even reached to the another step where we are treating women equals. But they are actually treating uh, unequals as equals in our country. So, uh, however, I find it that even in metropolitan cities, if we were to uh, educate some people who have some privilege and who can educate other folks in the country, then I think it has to be uh, with a with a new education policy, a change in a new education policy that that we should abolish the gender roles first of all. Okay, we should abolish. Uh, the the gender gender washroom, the gender assigned washroom that this Mm -hmm. is for male or this is for female we always opt for a gender neutral washroom and when I say opt for gender neutral uh, washroom multiple people come to me and say that oh oh, you that means you want other trans people and women people fit in the same washroom no Mm -hmm. I didn't mean that, I meant that separate washrooms for having one one department okay Mm -hmm. yeah Because uh, it always starts from your uh, college or school. It always starts from your education. It always starts from your curriculum. And if you start teaching about it, if if you have a gender sensitivity subject in your school or maybe in your education policy, then I believe you can touch the people from the ground.
0: To conclude, it is upon each of us to create a safe space for every individual by accepting them for who they are. As Adam says... I
1: exist to create a safe space for my next generation or for the existing generation.
0: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you like our content, please subscribe and share. Thank you.